Welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the podcast where we talk everything creepy and crimey. It's true. Spooky, <laughs> ooky. I laugh every time you say it's true. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why. It's funny. It's true. Well, if you wandered, I don't know, off the path and ended up here and you're like, are they for real? Yes. Yes, we are. So for real. Uh, do you so, have any creepy clip? I forgot what they're called. Corrections, conclusions, or clarifications? Are you day drinking again already? No. I'm not judging if you are. <laughs> it's a fucking quarantine. No, I am. I, I have like not had it's... anything. To, I've had a little bit of kombucha, which does have some alcohol in it, but not enough to. Okay. Now we're getting to the truth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a quarantine. We can't go any, it's not like you're going to go drunk drive to grocery shop or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think if there's one time in your life to over, overindulge and be full of sloth and debauchery, this is your chance. It's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Let me rephrase. Yeah. It may happen again <laughs> because our local government is a bunch of fucking idiots and has decided that we need the mall real bad. Mm-hmm. So as of Monday, you can go to the mall and get your Aunt Annie's pretzels. Oh my God. Um, I was literally with the just thinking that. of COVID. <laughs> I was literally just thinking, oh damn, I, I could kill for an Aunt Annie's pretzel. Well, at Monday, you can go and get it. You might right. get COVID while you're there, but you can get it. I'm like, eh, whatever. What? So everybody's <laughs> going to go mix and mingle starting on Mondays. And recent cases have increased significantly, partly due to more testing, but also reality. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm fully expecting that we're going to end up having a second stay at home order pretty quick they're gonna be like well shit Mm -hmm. a thousand people died in two weeks maybe that was not a great idea so i have um a new review to read oh for real yeah it's i get so excited it's like christmas i'm like is that for me (laughs) (laughs) it's five stars say something nice okay good (laughs) i was like wait i just got really excited and they might be like you guys suck well to be perfectly honest uh there are three other new reviews that they're not they're not great <laughs> they're a little critic what's that word? critical critical thank you um so i didn't really want to read them but if you want to look at them they're up there uh but so the the good one <laughs> is five I don't stars know why- do you feel like the criticism is warranted? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I also think, because I just didn't, you know, I could read them, but I just didn't want to get defensive about it, you know? And that's like, I do think it's um, warranted, but I, like, I don't think we need to talk about it. But um, I don't want to throw myself mm-hmm. off my game and be all distracted in my head. So I'm not going to read them right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, they're not mean. Uh. Anyway, five stars from Kat McPhail, who is a friend of mine. Um, Kat Hi, Kat. says, 
I have such a good time listening to this pod, so much so I created an Apple ID to write a review. I enjoy the topics. Aww. I enjoy the topics they choose and that they do a lot of Midwest topics as we are oft oft forgotten in the larger podcast world. I like that I'm just listening to a couple of friends chat and meander around topic at hand. Keep it up. Thanks, Kat. I love you. I think that I think that's a pretty accurate way to state it. I mean, we're not trying to be like NPR, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's what chatting the, it up. That's what like the three critical reviews were saying is like, you know, uh, I wish they'd stick to the topic a little bit more. And you know, I agree, but also like there's a podcast called my favorite murder i don't know if you've heard of it and they kind of meander around the top like later i mean they don't maybe they don't research they don't they probably don't do it as often as we do but they're mm. they're comedians professional comedians and rehearsed podcasters so like you know i think we're okay for now you know we'll get better and better well and true to life we are two good friends hanging out talking about stuff i mean that yeah. was like and this is free concept. and we do our own research and you know like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of like leniency i think that people can give us but anyway like you know i just did what i said i what didn't want to do which was get defensive about bad reviews <laughs> no it's okay i just well, and I mean, I suppose this is slightly defensive, but I also feel like it's context. Our, I feel like the whole idea of the podcast is to be sort of like, you know, a um, fly on the wall listening to two friends chat. Right. You know what I mean? It's not, we're not doing news stories. Right, right. I think so, it would be really boring if we just like only talked about the topic and that's it and like we were like super well rehearsed like that's just not the type of podcast this is that's also not who we are and right. so you know what i don't like everybody everybody doesn't like me that's just life and it, honestly for me and for everyone else most of us were just kind of neutral about each other you know <laughs> yeah. so well and to be yeah. perfectly fair like two of those critical reviews were four stars so that's not bad you know that's pretty good no not at all mm -hmm. and i'm to you know it's i mean it's not like i've never been um accused of wandering off topic before <laughs> I've heard that once or twice. I honestly appreciate every review we get, even the critical ones. I, I do too. I used to have a friend who'd tell me to land the plane. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's a little, it's a little harsh. Ooh, yeah. That was before I had my ADHD medication, so it was probably fair, but it was a little harsh. So, but I'm appropriately medicated now and this is as good as it gets peeps sorry <laughs> i don't know there are My... thousands of other podcasts to listen to yeah well i am not neurotypical and um shout out to my adhd peeps i love you and yes you just saw something shiny okay speaking so, of let's get to the topic i was just gonna say that <laughs> <clears throat> You are going to freak when I tell you what my topic is. You're not even going to believe me. Okay. Okay. Is it aliens? No. 
Damn it. That would be really... I mean, that was a good guess, but it's not far off. So my topic is cryptids and other mythical creatures or folktale characters. Ooh. I know. Well, so how this came about, I sent you a bunch of text messages because I was like, oh, this is totally Rissa territory. Um, she would love this. I was watching this high quality production on A and E called Cage and Justice. Um <laughs> because when I'm working from home, I need like, I don't know, the kind of show that you can half ass pay attention to, but keeps you alert, you know? Yeah. And so it's cops in the bayou going on various arresting things. But there's alligators, which is entertaining. And um, (laughs) the cast of characters is sort of, it's a little bit sleepy town. You know, it's more of a, I think geographically, it's probably a fairly large area. But, you know, one sheriff, 15 cops, something like that. It's, It's not a major metropolitan area. And they get some, they get so many calls for things related to these myths mythical creatures and people are like legit losing their mind i love it so i can't imagine in a place where people are where folk these folklore characters that are essentially you know mythical creatures and superstition is so deeply steeped into the culture in this part of the country that it crosses all divides, socioeconomic, racial, like everybody's in the, even some of the cops believe it. Hmm. Sounds yeah, like my no, kind of like, place. Not, oh yeah, I think you would totally dig this. I was asking my husband the other day, you know, provided we don't experience financial disaster, where would he want to go on a vacation next to? New Orleans or Grand Canyon? And he's like, Grand Canyon, but I could be talked into New Orleans. And I'm not interested in the New Orleans Mardi Gras culture, but I do love all the hoodoo, voodoo, ghost stories, all the old cemeteries. And they show a lot of the stuff on that cop show, even though I have generally less than positive feelings about the police. Um, they just seem, they give so much insight into the culture of that area that I'm willing to overlook it. And they at least pretend to be nice on TV. So, (laughs) um, who knows what really happens (laughs) when the cameras are off. It's probably not so chipper anyway. So one of the first calls that they get that I saw was this guy had so the area that they're in is between a bunch of bayous and um, so of course tons of swamps and there's these people that live it would be the equivalent of out in the middle of the woods here but they're like out in the swamp and they have these stilt houses you know to prevent from flooding and like just super remote areas And apparently nobody technically owns the swamp lands, but people like try and lay claim to certain 
sections of it because they know it's good for fishing or for shrimping or whatever. There's a lot of shrimp boat fighting, which was different. <laughs> Hadn't expected that. Yeah, they're, I would not say, I would say they are the sort of bottom end of the blue collar crowd. And they're pretty rough. And most of them have never had any other sort of job. Like they maybe got through eighth grade, then they started working on the shrimp boats. But man, they get in some like, I think they mostly drink on the shrimp boats while they're catching shrimp. But Hmm. they'll get into territory wars over the shrimp and be like fighting from one boat to the next. But then there's this like Cajun code where you don't say shit in front of the police like gangs. So even if you have a bloody face and a black eye, when the cops show up, they're like, how'd that happen? They're like, I don't know. And the cops like, really? You don't know how that happened? They're like, no idea. It's really weird. (laughs) They just like, they will do it street justice style. That's, Mm -hmm. they're like, we handle shit on our own. Mm -hmm. So the first call that they went out to was for the Rougarou. Um, also known as the loop guru. So obviously I think most people know that if you're from certain parts of Louisiana, particularly in the swampier parts of Louisiana and you're Cajun, that means you're a mixture of French, the indigenous culture there. I can't remember what the name of the Native American tribe is that lives there. One of the police officers on the show is actually a Native American. And then they have their whole rules about, they've got a long list of rules about things also to ward off spirits and to Mm -hmm. keep the spirit, keep the ancestors happy. Um, And so, and then there's also some African tribal culture mixed into things but the Cajun it's like people could speak Cajun they could speak French they could speak English so loop guru and rougarou are the same thing I only ever heard people say rougarou Mm -hmm. but yeah I definitely heard that before several calls from people who did not seem otherwise insane who were convinced that the rougarou was fucking with their stuff. So um, the folktale originates in France and made it, so I guess most of the French that are in that area are actually French Canadian. So they came through Canada first. Yeah, I didn't realize that either, or a good portion of them. Um, So it went from France to Canada, made its way into the swamps of Louisiana. And so loop is the French word for wolf and guru comes from a Frankish word, garolf, also meaning wolf. And it's half human, half animal, mythical beast. And its first appearance was during the Renaissance. And so the rougarou, but then in areas where they don't have wolves, the lore has adapted so that it could also be like part pig or other animals, not just a wolf. 
I mean, the bottom line is it's this, like, beast, and it's not happy. (laughs) And it destroys property. So one of the people who was, there was somebody who interviewed folks about it, and it says, the legend says when a person comes into contact with the loop guru and sheds the blood of the beast, the loop guru will then change to its human form and reveal its secret. The victim then becomes a loop guru for 101 days, If the victim speaks of the encounter to anyone, it becomes a loop guru. But if he remains quiet about it, he returns to its human form and continues on with its life. So the way that you transform a ruguru or a loop guru back to human is by cutting it. Hmm. But if you tell anyone, then... You could also commit suicide. That's another one of the things that they've got on there. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. It can cause you to commit suicide. So there was a woman, Jean Sarazin. Oh, no. Oh, a lady from Lockport. There's this book written by Jean Sarazin, Laura Krauss, and Donald Krinsman, Werewolves on Bayou Lafourche which I'm sure I just pronounced incorrectly. Um, She was from Lockport and she tells the story. She says, there were 10 children in the family and all of them were up crying that night. I didn't get up for some reason, but a year or so later, one of the brothers killed himself. The boy was fevaying, which means to stay up at night or hanging around with the other boys at night. When he was walking home, he was always last to leave when he noticed a little white dog following him following him, snapping at his heels. He took out his pocket knife and cut the dog on his right foot. A loop guru is a man who sells his soul to the devil and assumes the body of an animal. He can't be released until he is cut. The boy wasn't supposed to tell what happened for a year and a day after he had seen the dog turn into a man, but after after it happened, he ran home and told his family. The next day, a prominent physician appeared in town with his right arm cut and in a sling. The dog resumes his human form in a day. I remember when the physician shot himself here in Lockport. A year later, the boy killed himself and left a letter that the family turned over to the sheriff. Even today, he refuses to let anyone see it. But apparently, so, um, obviously, this was a really, it's kind of like, uh, the boogeyman is yeah. a great thing to tell kids to keep them in line. <laughs> so they think it started with uh, naughty Catholic children who didn't. So the rumor was if you were not a good Catholic and didn't practice Lent for seven consecutive years, you might turn into a Rougarou. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could do it every so- other year and then you'd be fine. Well, no, you have to do it seven years in a row. Then you could, like, take one off. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, how to ward off a Rougarou. This is definitely important to know. So, apparently, Rougarous aren't very good at counting and easily distracted, perhaps have ADHD themselves. Mm. They can't count above 12, 
So if you leave 13 items outside your door, they get stuck Ooh, like in a loop trying 13. to count them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I read one somebody's account somewhere that said that they would leave 13 pennies under their bed, like to ward off the Rougarou. So apparently the Rougarou sees the collection of items. It's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I don't know that X number. Let me do it again. And they just do it over and over. And they're so distracted by their need to count that they're disarmed. So they're also a little OCD. Yeah, that was... I was like, that's maybe one of the most unusual ways to disarm a beast I've ever heard of. Right. Um, You can also keep a swamp leaf in your wallet. Oh, I'm not, maybe they don't like the smell. I don't think anyone would. No, I feel like that's a really, I, that sounds like starting your own Petri dish in your wallet. Ew, yeah. The swamp is nasty. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, if I ever have a reason to be in a swamp, not really sure why that would be, but... Um, I'm definitely not putting my hand in the water for a couple reasons. One, it looks really gross. <laughs> and two, there's an alligator like every six inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, the, at one point in the, one of the episodes I watched, they were pursuing somebody who was wanted and they had to get out of the airboat and wade through the swamp to dry land to pursue this guy and i was like oh hell no i'd be like i resign <laughs> sorry so i went on reddit to see if i could find any personal accounts of people talking about the rougarou and i only found one uh becky slaughter said i grew up in southern louisiana and we were told the rougarou came out at twilight and were attracted to the sound of laughing children so we had to be inside by dark or the Rougarou would get us. This sounds like mostly some lazy parenting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't. There are many videos where people claim to have captured a Rougarou or pictures, but they all look like a dead dog or crap photoshop <laughs> i didn't see anything that made me think it although in the episode where they responded to the rougarou call uh out in the swamp there was this like eight foot brush that was knocked down hmm. um like a something made a path and then it just abruptly stopped and they're like where'd it go oh <laughs> yeah I was like, that is, that's a little creepy. I mean, the swamp at night is fucking creepy anyway. That's like, every horror movie has that. So, okay. Uh, More interesting folklore, which this crosses cultures because I've heard something very similar. I don't remember where, and I think I've actually heard you talking about it. So, uh, Kushmar, Kushmar, it is a belief in which someone who is sleeping is visited by a presence, which is called Kushma, 
or the devil, an evil spirit, a ghost, and a witch by my informants, the person awakens and senses or sometimes actually sees Kushmar, Kushmar in the room, often on top of his or her body. The person feels frightened, but is unable to move or cry out for protection. Mm-hmm. So, so that sounds to me like um, sleep paralysis, like people's accounts of sleep paralysis. Yes. There's a lot that, of people that say they feel like an old hag, like sitting on their chest. Right. Um, and that kind of thing. There is, in fact, a news story where they talk about it being sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have personally experienced this and it's fucking horrible. Yeah, same. And they said that most people at some point in their life would. Yeah. So I think part of why it's so persistent is a belief is because it does happen to so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not as easy as saying like, oh, well, you know, maybe these people are out in the backwoods. They're not very educated. That's that. There's plenty of people who are educated and still very superstitious or have very um, kind of outlandish spiritual beliefs. And they're smart in a lot of ways. So I'm not, I don't totally follow how that happens. But anyway, it's just basically you're still REM sleeping, but your body woke up like. Yeah, the, of, the paralysis like hormone or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't slow down yeah. fast enough. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's it's a real weird thing. But apparently, so Kushma, if if you don't say your prayers at night, so again, the Catholics, um, and that is one of the most common reasons for it. There is a first he, first-hand account. So she's... This woman says, so one day me and my, me and my mama was fussing and I went to bed mad. So all of a sudden, right, all of a sudden at night, you just can't move. You try to holler and you just can't holler. Nobody, you're hollering with all your might, but nobody can hear you. And I woke up and I went to my mom's room and I said, mama, didn't you hear me hollering? She's like, no. And I was full of sweat. And you know, he gets on you on several occasions, but what my mama said for me to do was put some stones or beans under my bed, under my mattress, and put them in a circle because he can't count. So this this uh, not being able to count thing mm-hmm. is a common thread. Because um, he doesn't come it's really in the daytime. funny to me. <laughs> I know. I don't. Yeah. He only comes at night. And she said, Kushma's going to see the stones under my bed and he's going to keep counting in a circle and he's so dumb he won't know to stop. And by the time he keep finish keep counting, it's going to be daytime. Or put a fan in your window and he counts the little holes in the screen and by the time he's finished counting, it'll be daytime. Hmm. Uh, so this other elderly gentleman says he was sleeping one night and Kushmar pulled on his toes in a different time, Kushmar held him down, jumped on him, and he was trying to scream for somebody to come help, but Kushmar did something and nobody could hear him scream, and he was just holding him down, and somebody walked in the room because they heard a bunch of noise going on, and they came and touched him, and he said, when someone else touches you, the spirit leaves, and if the spirit with 
is with you too long, you can die. Mm. So it's inter. I mean, like all of this stuff, um, people seem to pretty universally believe it. Like there was even one cop who wasn't from the area, but as he was arresting someone, they were yelling out a voodoo word for devil, which I can't remember right now. And then there was a series of kind of odd events that happened to him. And he was like, oh man, I don't believe in this stuff, but maybe I should go see a priestess just in case. Yeah. Yeah. So he went to a voodoo priestess to get the hex or the curse off of him. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there was this pirate named John Lafitte and somehow he inspired the name of Nash the National Park in Thibodeau, which is a really common name. The French pirate is connected with a ghostly apparition called the Fifolet and the legend is that he would bury his treasure along the bayou and kill one of his men. He would then bury the body of that person next to the treasure so the spirit would protect it. So people who would go looking for his treasure would see the fifolet. So it's like the spirit of a person. Mm. So supposedly, if you're on the swamp, you can sometimes see these glowing orbs. Ooh. And it's meant to miss they're meant to misdirect or deceive unsuspecting suspecting fishermen. It's and just swamp guess. <laughs> probably. <laughs> if you follow the FIFOLE, you'll be led through mysterious passes in unseen parts of the swamp, but you'll never be able to find your way back. Um and it could possibly be the form of a loved one, but it's probably the devilish version. Um, and one of the episodes that I watched, someone called the cops because they saw a fifole. <laughs> and it turned out to be two kids lighting flares. Oh, uh, yeah. Just from far enough away. So. But that's like when you're out in the ocean, if you... In certain parts, depending on where you are, if you drag your hand in the water, there's bioluminescence. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's so cool. I've only experienced it a few times. I was in the Florida Keys and, like, the Upper Keys, and I I was out on a boat at night with a friend of my brother's, and he was like, drag your hand in the water, and we just had the trolling motor on, and Mm -hmm. it was like a bluish green like followed the path of my hand i don't i guess it's bacteria or something i don't know but it was super cool i think it's algae yeah it was awesome i was like oh i'm sure there's some folklore around that (laughs) so then there's the lutan you don't want one of these these are and this is like definitely got its roots in Catholicism. So supposedly it's the spirit of a child who was not baptized before they died. Mm. So they're trapped. And it used to be until like super recently that Catholics believe that if you weren't baptized before you died, you didn't get to go to heaven. Yeah. You go to purgatory. 
No, you go to a different spot that I can't think of the name of right now. The guff is where all the souls live. Purgatory is in between. I forget. I don't know. Catholics have a lot of words. It's hard to keep track. Um, but anyway, I was like, that's such bullshit. Like, how come a baby's being punished? Yeah. So anyway, they're over that now, but they still baptize them. So, um, Lutans are mischievous as children like to be. And they do things like scare farm animals, spoil milk, take things and like move them to different places. So when you can't find your car keys, it's a Lutan, obviously. <laughs> um, there's a Native American legend that says it was a human child that was taken in and raised by alligators. So it's half human, half gator. Cool. And craves flesh as its sustenance. So that one's a little dark. <laughs> but the the Cajun folklore is more kind of something, someone called it a fairy, but I think it's more gremlin. Um, and it, it's just, or like goblin-y, likes to play tricks on people. Mm-hmm. One, um, oh, and the other thing is they're obsessed with horses and they like to spook farm animals. <laughs> and one of the things that they do with the horses is they braid their hair. They braid their manes. Oh, well, that's nice. I like that. I was watching an episode and this lady calls the cops and she's like, you have to come right away. Something's terribly wrong. And they get there and they're like, what's the problem? She's like. I just gave my horses a bath and I brushed out their manes and I went inside and I was only there for a half an hour and I came back out and all of their manes were braided. It's the Lutan. I know it is. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I was dying. <laughs> and I mean, the braids weren't like amazing, but I was like, somebody had a really good time playing a trick on her, I think. <laughs> but I thought... I cannot imagine being responding to those kind of calls. Yeah. And these aren't people having like mental health breakdowns. These are just regular people who really, really believe this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the Honey Island Swamp Monster from the St. Tammany Parish. It's considered to be one of the most pristine river swamps in the country. Um, and the Honey Island Swamp Monster floats around one person has claimed to see it with his very own eyes and they believe that in the early 20th century a train carrying a traveling circus crashed and many chimpanzees escaped oh. now, naturally of course they bred with the alligators like you do yeah so the swamp monster is believed to be seven feet tall webbed feet piercing yellow eyes matted gray hair and can seamlessly blend into the surroundings typical bigfoot exactly louisiana bigfoot so those are my um those are my kooky bayou tales oh there is one more the grunch 
You're so the a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Ex- <laughs> exactly. The oldest account is around the time of the Louisiana Purchase. Oh, so okay. this goes way back. The monster is said to have razor sharp teeth, the legs of a goat, and is about the size of a man. It lurks in the grass, waiting for those who park their car on Grunch Road, which has since been repaved and renamed. Wait, back in Louisiana Purchase time? (laughs) Well, I'm sure it was originally a (laughs) dirt road. Uh, The Grunch is I mean, parking their car. Maybe park their horse. Well, they're saying, like, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess... If you used to park your horse and buggy on Grunch Road, or now your car, but supposedly the Grunch was an unfortunate person who had a curse put on them by none other than Voodoo Queen herself, Marie Laveau. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was super tempted to go down the hoodoo and voodoo rabbit hole. Yes. And I decided I would restrain. How about another episode? (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. Um, Because there's... I I didn't realize that hoodoo and voodoo were not the same thing. Yeah, Um, I feel like we may have discussed it before. I don't... Hmm... I don't know. I'm not going to (laughs) remember. Well, it was weird because I started to go there and I was like, ooh, Marie Laveau. What? I want to know more about her. And in some places she's credited as being the most well-known priestess of hoodoo. And in other places she's credited for voodoo. And they are... Voodoo has its roots in Haiti. Mm -hmm. And... um hoodoo is more likely african folk magic from trinidad or jamaica yeah so and then it's got like some catholicism french spanish and portuguese traditions blended into it so yeah hoodoo's a real like mishmash of stuff where voodoo is they think primarily haiti but maybe cuba you know yeah um so I'm like, how's she getting credit in both categories? I feel like that's not the same. <laughs> I think she's voodoo. I saw more things with her associated with voodoo. And her, um, one thing I did see I thought was interesting, what, you know, all their graves are above ground. Yeah. And people will mark three X's on her headstone, supposedly as a way to communicate with her. Yeah. I really know how that I've works. I've seen pictures but... of that, yeah don't really understand that but well you're not a practitioner of hoodoo or voodoo no but i am okay i don't believe in it i'm very curious i would love to like mingle with someone who practices that stuff but then at the same time i'm like if i'm a skeptic will they sense that somehow and then what if they put a curse on me and well but you don't believe in it so 
I know. I'm like, but you don't believe in it. And I'm like, but I've been wrong about stuff before. What if this is, you know, so I don't know. I'm a little conflicted. If we have any listeners that have uh, experience, let us know. Oh, and I did put a call out on Reddit for um, personal stories from people who grew up in uh, Cajun territory. Mm hmm if they had any personal experiences. So I may have something to share next time for the CCCs. Unfortunately, I did not think of it until this afternoon. So yeah, a little late on my ask for that, but Ooh, I have two comments though. Oh, one is like, okay. first, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> one says, honestly, growing up, I never heard of those much. Only thing I heard was, Tatayé, any monster, it's used as a scare tactic for anything to get a child to do something or make them believe. And then another person says, I'd honestly say that T. Bonham Havanier is the most popular Cajun folklore character in the Cajun community I grew up in. He was spoken about so much more than Rougarou or Fifole. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. It's like T apostrophe B O N H O M M E. We have Bonham Road here, but oh, yeah. I mean who who even knows if we pronounce I it right? Pronounce it. Well, yeah, because we have lots of um uh French name things here and we butcher the shit out of the pronunciation. Right. Anyway, that's it, I guess. Cool. Well, it's another shorty. Okay. <laughs> you have anything exciting to share for the, uh, you know, you're going to talk about next time? Um. Well, it's just going to be another continuation of the Winchester Mystery House. I hope that it is a little more exciting than last episode. I just keep feeling insecure that last episode was a little boring, but um, it'll get a little more interesting, a little more um, weird, some kind of, if you, if you enjoy conspiracy theories, you might enjoy the next episode. So we'll, uh, we'll check it out. I think I'm going to, um, also there's a, I keep, I kept forgetting to mention this in previous episodes, but. There, if you go on the Winchester Mystery House's website, you can take a virtual 360 tour of it. Um, and I think it's like $9, which is a steal. And I think you get a voucher for when it reopens. Although I did just read an article about they like laid off like 75% of their staff or something like that just recently because of uh covid so dang um that's that's really unfortunate but you can support it by support the winchester misery house by going on and doing the 360 tour which i do plan to do hopefully before the next episode and i can talk about it a little bit yeah i'm really i think i think that would be fun i sent my mom a list of museums that have free virtual tours like you can tour the moma and louvre and there's a bunch of them, but oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Send I, me that I, list. 
Okay, yeah, I think you just, like, literally go to their regular website, but I will send you that list. There's a bunch of, um, there's a bunch of cool virtual tools, tools, tours, but I think that in particular is interesting. And, you know, if it's a few bucks to support a nonprofit, I'm fine with that. Yeah, same. So, yeah, um, I guess that's all. Um, thank you, Brayden Henzi, for our intro and outro music. Go check out his um, podcast called... I I say called, and then I'm like, I don't know the name of it. It's something about him being in a car with too much coffee, though. Um, and you can find that on YouTube. Uh, if you have any personal stories, topic suggestions, um, literally anything, we'll... we'll we love getting correspondence from you guys. You can tweet us at creepyclubpod or you can email us at creepyclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast. You can follow us on Instagram at creepyclubpodcast. You can follow me at risboombah, R-I-S-B-O-O-M-B-A-H. You can follow Heidi at creepyclubheidi. You can follow my pets, Penny and Paco, at Penny and Paco. Um... If you liked this episode and you want to learn more about the sources that we got the information from, you can go to creepyclubpodcast.com. Look for the meeting minutes for this episode. If you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And even if you don't like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes um, or whatever podcast app that you prefer. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you are staying safe and sane and um, happy, and or maybe just content. Let's aim for content at this point. Um, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. We hope you join us next time. Meeting adjourned. See ya. See ya.